Hello. I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. I think that we just massively underestimate, especially as women, our own capability and awesomeness. And it, it's changed. It's changed my life completely. Yeah. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? Well, I just think women are hard on themselves. I wish I had been more confident in what I was capable of. But I feel like you do what feels right for you, then that's going to be always on brand. Women, our natural inclination is to be pleasers and to put other people before self. I've never had a tea with the Queen before and this is such a pleasure. <laughs> Hello, I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to Tea with the Queen. Are you overworked or overstressed or are you always tired? Maybe you work from home and just need to reconnect with the world and with yourself. Have you thought of going on a retreat? Or even better, why not host your own retreat? My guest today trains people on hosting a retreat. Her name is Deb Fowler and she has this wonderful getaway in Torquay on the beautiful Victorian surf coast. It's called Summer House Retreat with a wraparound veranda overlooking the ocean. Sounds ideal, doesn't it? It is. If you want to know whether a retreat is right for you, Get yourself comfortable and listen in. Hello, Deb. Welcome to Tea with the Queen. It's so good to have you on here. <laughs> Thanks so much, Emma, for having me. You grew up in Melbourne, but you spent a lot of time in Byron Bay. Can you tell us about that time? Yeah, it's a bit of a story. I, my husband invested in a business through his network. They purchased some land and they actually built a small resort and we were just an investor in that business uh, until a certain time came when I was going to stay at the property. And yeah, and through that, I sort of fell in love with the property, but also um, uncovered a few things that were going on and spoke to the conglomerate of, well, I guess the investors. And um, we had a, a property group managing it and didn't think they were doing a very good job and said that actually I was looking to step back into business after I'd been out for sometime through a, a serious injury that I had. And so, yeah, I stepped in and they were happy to have me. And so the big, the, a new um, journey started with um, running accommodation, luxury accommodation. Amazing. In Byron Bay for how long? Yeah, almost seven years. Amazing. Yeah, so it was a great learning tool for me. And through that, um, I got to understand a lot about obviously business. It's something different that I ever done before. I haven't done sort of been in that in that environment before. Yeah, and I, I really sort of adapted well, and I loved it. I had a few friends up there as well, so it was sort of uh, it was a nice uh, you know ground to to start your a new business on. That's amazing, and it's almost full circle. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yes, <laughs> but um, I mean Byron Bay beautiful spot has it changed much since you were there yeah definitely when I started my business there it was it really still a lot of the um locals and 
uh, I guess some, a lot of people from Melbourne as well, and I had sort of adapted through that, and I was able to work with people that I knew, building the business and stepping into doing a lot of re- we did a lot of weddings. That's how the business got started. So I had a, a small resort that had to uh, sleep fifty five people every day. So it, it was a lot of a lot of uh, business to uh, start <laughs> start with. But anyway, through that journey, um, you know, just sort of met lots of people, but. Within about a short, probably five years, at the five-year mark, I noticed that a lot of things started to change in, in um, Byron Bay. A lot of Sydney companies started coming in and buying up and a lot of the locals started leaving and or moving out and so things started to change. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's Bi- when I f- felt the energy change as well. Yeah, and Byron, as you know, it is, it's, it's change overnight almost, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And look, I, it was a great grounding for me. I really loved it and I've still got lots of great friends there. But, yeah, it just became a little overwhelming with really big businesses coming in. <laughs> and we were like a small fry, so it was sort of, yeah, yeah. but still good. You mentioned that you had a injury. Can you tell us about that and how that led you to doing what you're doing today? Yeah, definitely. So in 2004, I sort of call it the life-changing year. And I think we all have one of them at some stage in our life. We all have a journey. And pre-2004, I was a pretty uh, successful basketball coach for junior sport, uh, girls mainly for basketball. And, you know, just a mum doing her thing, working, I was actually working in a medical field. And then till one particular day happened where I had a, a serious accident, it was a wet day. And I fell down a flight of stairs and did some massive damage to my body. So it was a freak, freak accident at my own house. So, um, yeah, I was, it was quite a traumatic experience. And so that day, of course, you know, it led me down the path to where I am now, but it's been a 20 year journey to get, (laughs) to get to that. So, um, it was a lot of recovery from, um, a lot of operations, a lot of recovery. And I think the, um, my mental health suffered a lot through that, but then, you know, look, looking back now, I can sort of see all the benefits of where I've got to today and how I can um, have empathy with a lot of people who have been through a journey as well. So that left me for five years. I was really um, struggling with my health, um, my body, my mobility, mental health. At about the five-year mark, I decided I just can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, I need to make some changes. So I was lucky enough to take a trip to India and Nepal with a good, a close friend, someone I went to school with. And that sort of really then the next change in my life that opened my eyes to yoga and healing and, you know, and finding myself through that journey and, you know, stopped with the why me and let's move on with what else can I do? So that was a cha- big change as well. And then obviously my, my husband had invested in Byron Bay in this, in this business. And then the opportunity come to step out and do something new in my comfort zone as well. So I was learning from others and, you know, it was, it was a beautiful thing to be able to be gifted that opportunity. And hence through that opportunity, when I was working in Byron, I would go to work, fly from Melbourne up to Byron, and then I would take myself on a retreat just a few days and go and do some yoga or some sort of healing practice for myself. That then led me to hosting some retreats at my business and here we are full circle. It's just the journey and it's an amazing. I mean, the reason um, leaving Byron was because of um, my adrenal fatigue and I was a bit of a workaholic and I was struggling a little bit with 
feeling my way through all that journey as well, but also wanting working long hours um, to build a successful business as we all do. Yeah. And so then um, decided to completely step out of Byron and convince my husband that my health was more important. And we'd had already had a small beach house at Torquay and we then sold everything we had and moved to the surf coast. Wow. So were you in Melbourne first? Was that you had a house in, in Melbourne? Melbourne yes, yeah, so we had a, Mel- a house in Melbourne as well. And we just, just uh, it was a big discussion. My husband's, you know, in the corporate world, still works in Collins Street. And it was a big decision for him to make that move as well. But I think he could see that my health was really suffering. Um, I was chronically unwell all the time. So and still pushing to yeah, want to have a business. And yeah, it's just who we are as women, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It's I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've learned a lot. <laughs> How long ago did you move to Torquay then? So five years ago, we made the big ju- um, jump to Torquay. And we sort of, it was almost like throwing everything up in the air and just seeing where it all landed. But I'm also a spiritual being. And I believe that it was the right thing to do and I could really, I really felt into it and I needed to be near the water. I really felt like I needed to be near the ocean. And within, I think, three days of actually making the decision of selling and putting our house on the market, selling our Byron Bay property, we found this old beautiful house which we've named the Summer House. And so I felt like the universe was really pushing us to do this as well. And, um, yeah, and that's how that came about. <laughs> We were actually looking to buy some land to, because I was always wanting to be a farmer, which sort of has happened in a little, in a crazy little way. But um, I always felt really connected to growing food and I love cooking and all of those things. And I wanted to be on land, but knowing all the injuries I've had, I knew that I wouldn't be able to manage that. And obviously my husband being away from with work a fair bit as well. So yeah, this was an opportunity. This is uh, the summer house was sitting on I think three quarters of an acre. So I thought this is going to be good. We and my husband, we originally thought, oh, we'll just pull the whole house down and build it. That was going to be our dream home, beautiful. And then after I stepped in the door, I knew that I could feel the energy, and I thought I could run retreats here. This is more me. And he looked at me, and I looked at him. He goes, "Let's just do it." It was as simple as that. <laughs> so that you walked into what is now the summer house retreat. You walked into it thinking that's where you were going to live. And then when you walked in, you're like, i got to run retreats here. <laughs> just like that. It was, I just knew, I just knew, and he knew too. In my spiritual being, I'm really having an affinity with a butterfly as a transformation. And I guess it's been my journey as well. And there was butterflies all over the, like all around the house there was a butterfly on the front door, a butterfly on the back door, and I just go, oh, sh-. you know, it was very, I know that sounds really, no, <laughs> it's it can sign, be a little right? out there, but it's a sign. And I just, um, yeah, I just knew there was an energy in the house that was so um, beautiful. So when you looked at the house, how big was the house? Because it's had a few iterations, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's exactly as, as it is to, it stands today, other than we have basically taken all of the I guess we changed a few rooms around but the size of the house is exactly as it was we just totally renovated it 
took it all apart and put it all back together, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, you know, and put obviously put new bathrooms and um, kitchens and um, knocked down some an old chimney and things like this to bring it into a more modern feel. But we wanted to be very respectful to the home. And since we've since this journey, we've now found it's the oldest home of Janjak. Oh, aren't you glad you did pull it down? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm really I, – I today still feel extremely grateful for this um, blessing in my life because it's been an amazing journey. So do you live there? No, I don't live here. So in that same year that we bought this house, <laughs> we then found another house, which is one mile up the road from this house, which is – a little bit higher on the hill, so we have even more beautiful views of the ocean. And it's on three acres, and so that's hence my little farm up there where I grow my food and I'm building a barn, currently building a barn there as well and um, renovated that, that house as well. So it has been a big five-year journey. Um, wow, you've done a lot in five years. And a lot has happened in five years. and But in saying that, yeah, I'm tired some days, <laughs> but in saying that I'm also – I feel like when you're aligned and you feel like you're moving with flow, it hasn't felt so stressful because I'm not going against the grain. I'm actually going with it. So the journey has been one of flow, if you understand. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. I think what happens is we get we can get wrapped up in life and achieving and, you know, those corporate jobs and can't work out sometimes why we it doesn't feel right or that it's harder than it needs to be. And I think how you describe flow is how I describe when you play to your strengths. When you play to your strengths, it's easy. And then someone might go, this is a bit too easy for what I'm doing versus going, hey, this is easy because I'm in flow or I'm playing to my strengths. I absolutely believe that. That's my philosophy as well. And I know that I've been in this many times in my life when I've worked somewhere and I'm just not feeling it or I'm too tired to get up in the morning because I can't be bothered going to work or whatever that energy is, it's there. And so once you're feeling in flow, everything seems to work well and it glides. You know, I rebuilt the summer house in nine months with, and everything flowed. It was I felt like the universe was really on my side and they really wanted this to happen. And because it wasn't actually for myself, it was for others. So I've rebuilt the house, not for myself to live in, but for other women to come and um, explore their own strengths and to empower them. So I feel like it was a, a beautiful journey to go on. Yeah. My question for you, Deb, is why do people gravitate towards a retreat? What sort of special place is it for them? I think that's a difficult question to answer because there's so many um, variables to that from whether we're, we're stressed out and tired and we've been either seeing um, or being mentored by a coach and we're needing to find you know ways and tools to, to help us on that journey. And we've all been there, whether we've suffered from adrenal fatigue or, you know, just not having enough time for ourselves. Life, yeah. Life. Yeah. you know, whether we've got kids and family, you know, there's so much. Um, so going on a retreat is that me time. And also the first retreat we go on, maybe just feeling through that. And then we might go, okay, now I want to do this. And being connected in a small group, we listen to other people's stories who may be on the similar journey. So it's about getting vulnerable a little bit sometimes. So it might be the first step that we take. Um, there'll be many other reasons why people go on a retreat. And that is because they might want to have some uh, learning 
they may have been mentored through a coach and then there's going to be a full-on learning series from that onwards. So we're going to connect at the retreat and then keep moving forward business. It might be a business um, retreat. Yeah, there's lots of different reasons, but I think it's time out, time away. It's to work on ourselves. You know, it's to go inward. It's what do I need? It's all the questions we ask ourselves. What do you think makes a good retreat? So if someone's listening to us and they're like, oh, I want to host a retreat, which a lot of my clients are like, Emma, I want to host a retreat. I'm like, you should do that if that's what you want to do. <laughs> what do they need to keep in mind? What, what tips do you have? So I guess for me, I'm all about empowering women to go on the next part of their journey because I've, I struggled myself. And once I've stepped over those little boundaries and you can, you know, build a few stepping stones in your mindset about where you want to go. And it doesn't have to be from one step, one giant leap. It can be little stepping stones along the way. I always say, start hosting some um, events for yourself, you know, workshop events, find your strengths. You know, what are your strengths that you, that you can give to others and you know that it's a journey that you may have been on or you're really good at something because that's what others need. They need to hear from you. And that's the, um, the essence of who you are and why your clients are coming to you and then build that into hosting a retreat. So I guess for me, my business has started to really take hold because I'm getting a lot of repeat clientele. Now they understand what I bring to that and help them on that journey. Yeah, and I also feel like if you can take that that next step as a as a as a coach, a mentor, a, a leader in your in your group, you'll have no trouble feeling it because most of us really want to have that one on one connection. And this is what I find at retreats. We do we've done a lot of online um, stuff for the you know due to COVID. People want to feel connected again and having that you know because I'm at just an intimate retreat. Whether you come to me or or another retreat. It's having that one-on-one time with that with that business mentor or that life coach or whatever the modality it is that they're they're going for. It's just an amazing tool to have. I mean, we all have people that we look up to and admire, and we go, oh, we should, you know, and we follow. Um, but to actually spend that time with that person is quality time. Yeah, I know you know that I ran a retreat, a mid-year retreat recently. Uh, it was a business retreat and I had mapped the whole retreat out for two days. And then the group goes to me. I said, what do you guys want? Because, you know, that, that's really important to me. What do they want? And they're like, Emma, we actually just want a retreat. I'm like, like no business stuff. <laughs> they're like, yep. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I said to Serena, uh, we need to change things up a bit. So literally we gave them a retreat and at the end of it, the feedback was, and it was only for one night and two days next year we're going to do things differently but they were just like actually just stepping back from business and back from everything else and just focusing on ourselves is such a gift and I remember one of the comments one of the ladies had been on a trip around Australia for three months and she said at the end of the retreat I was more relaxed in two days than I was in that three months around Australia. And I thought, oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, and that's totally what you want your, your clientele to be, you know, it's a beautiful thing to ask your clientele because often this is one of the things through my retreat mentoring sessions that I do is we have an idea as a facilitator, this is what I'm focused on and this is what I want to do. But that's great if you're the facilitator and you've got it all mapped out and you've got your workshops going and all this is great. And and we want to have that as well, but we also need to make sure that our, what do our audience want from us? 
that's one of the most important things because they're the ones who are buying the tickets to go. That's exactly right. Yeah, and we've I've similar things happened last year and even earlier this sorry earlier this year we didn't have re- many retreats the year before because of COVID, but earlier this year we had people uh, some of our facilitators come in and basically through the day they were doing massages, yoga, beach walks, no business, Perfect. <laughs> and then they would have the chef come in at night and th- around the table the facilitator would just throw out one question and that was the conversation piece for the and. I think the retreat was a very simple and basic retreat, but everyone got so much out of it. It's so interesting. I, th- I always say simple is more because, you know, keep aligned to what your topic is, but make sure you give people time to process. Yes. Yeah, I think that's, I think that is the trap. When I did my Thriving Women retreat at the start of the year, it was for three days. And of course, four days before the retreat, I got COVID. So I had to send a facilitator in, an amazing man, Shane Hatton, if you're listening, kudos to you. But uh, when he picked all the stuff up from my front porch, so I had sorted it all out and he picked it up and, and we had a funny conversation about, there's not much content here, Em. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know, because it's really about giving them a little bit of content, but then allowing them time and space to think and actually retreat. And he's like, okay. And he said it was fabulous because he got to just facilitate conversations rather than teach anything necessarily. I mean, we did some strength stuff and we did we did do some business stuff for three days. But, yeah, it was really interesting his response to there was a lot in it, right, because just because you don't do a lot of content doesn't mean you don't think heavily about the event but not as much as he was used to training. So it was really interesting for him to hear that as well and to hear the group at the end of the time and what their reflections were. And they all gave him a Thriving Women badge at the end, which is really sweet. So he's a he's a Thriving Woman. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, that's so good. I love that conversation that we did, you just had because it's one of the things I have mostly with them when I'm doing my mentoring with group leaders because obviously we're paying to go to where we retreat and that, you know, the money issue comes up as well, but, and people think they've got to, Oh, I've got to have all this content or else people aren't going to pay to come. And if we can just sit back from that and say, they're coming to see you, you've built a beautiful business. That's who you are. And that's why they're coming. And if we can put the questions out in business on the retreat, but ask them to start journaling as well. So a lot of things can be processed by simplistic you know, a workshop in the morning, let them have some time processing in the afternoon so that we, the brain has to, you know, be able to unfold. And, you know, if we're only on a two or three day retreat, it isn't a lot of time to, you know, we're still, it's like when we go on a holiday, it takes us four days to unwind before we actually are on holiday, in holiday mode. So it's the same thing on a retreat. We don't want to overload too much. And, you know, for some people, I even say, break your content down into three retreats. So the first, you know, step one, two, three, so that we've got time, they know what's coming, um, they've got time to process. You know, we've just got to let the brain you know, have time because <laughs> we know what that's like. You know, we've overprocessed too much information. It is a lot and we can go home overstimulated rather than restful. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the important thing. The feedback we've got is we want longer retreats. It's so interesting. So next year's Thriving Women, we've got a four-day retreat twice a year I think they're going to freak out at that they're going to love that you heard it here first (laughs) yeah that's fantastic and that's exactly what's happening with my business as well we've always done traditionally been you know a two-day Friday in Sunday out people are now extending from Wednesday through to Sunday 
for the exactly the same reasons is that um, it just takes us time and we've got to once people have been on a retreat, they'll understand that. I think that's the whole point. You do want to have those couple of fun days where enjoying each other's company, but if we're we're just introducing each other, we're having a workshop, the next day we're doing a little bit of um, reflection on what we've just learnt and then we're going home. There isn't a lot of time. And we want to have fun. I know. Life's too short, hey? It's, life's oh. too short and we don't want it to be all serious. You know, we want to we want to just have fun as well. So I still go on some of them, my, my own, well, people who have, that I've become familiar with who run uh, multiple retreats with me. We've got a few that run three and four a year. And so I'm jumping on their retreats now because I know how great facilitators they are. And it gives me an opportunity to even sit in that space and for my own well, you know, well-being as well. Oh, look at you. You've you've merged the two, life, well-being <laughs> and right. retreats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. And you you are doing amazingly well in at Summerhouse Retreat. Were you surprised at how quickly you've been able to grow your business in five years? I am and I'm not, if you know what I mean. I feel like I've it's been like 20 years in the making. Yes, I mean. that's true. It's like nothing comes overnight. I do work really hard at it, um, but I know that behind me I have a lot of beautiful, beautiful women who are supporting me. I feel like I have a fantastic offering as well. Yes, well, that's and sometimes my I question. find that really hard to say out loud. <laughs> no, talk it <laughs> up, I, I know, say. <laughs> but I, I know that... Um, that the offering I have is quite unique so that when people come to me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living one kilometer from my business now, which was the dream to that. And hence why we moved and we made the choices to do. We did what we've done with our life, my husband and I, and our offering is, is truly beautiful. And I truly want to see women thrive as, you know, as you do, Emma. And that's why we've connected as well, because I know that, it is taking a leap of faith, just like I'm on a podcast today, which I never thought dreamed I'd be doing. I know that I can mentor women to run a, a successful and um, profitable retreat. Yeah. So tell me, at the risk of sounding like a commercial, what is the offerings for hosts at Summer House Retreat? I want to know. Okay. So what I've set up after many years of doing what I'm doing is I start, you know, I felt into what other women were wanting and all the questions that I've been asked. So then I set up a system that I call the retreat uh, planning system. <laughs> I should think of a better name, I think, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just calling it what it is. So when, um, I, first of all, we would have a connection call with someone and, you know, feel into what um, that retreat is about, and I might give them a little guidance, or you know, you know, just if it's a first time, if they've been working with me for years, then they know exactly what they're doing, and yeah, we just get it all set up. But I guess the offering is I'm always out there on the journey of finding new um, facilitators. As in, when I say facilitators, I mean people who are going to um, assist my my hosts. So new chefs, who um, new caterers you know, quality professional uh, services behind the scenes. So sound healing, breath work from all of those different modalities to do with uh, wellness, as well as nutritionists. But also we have, you know, a, a great list of life coaches and speakers and different other uh, business attributes as well. So my, I feel like that's my job and that's what I'm good at. I put this together and then I, as when you book with me, you get access to all those services. That's cool. And so 
it's not just like you're booking a venue and then off you go. Also, I guess within the house, we've provided every single thing you could ever want. So when I started was with with um, yoga teachers, a lot of yoga teachers want to step into that next part of their business. So I've set the, our studio up with every conceivable thing that they could ever need. So there's nothing to bring. I want them to concentrate on their facilitation, concentrate on their guests who are coming and giving them the best service that they can possibly do. And hence, I'm giving my host the best service I can possibly give her as well. So it's that twofold thing where I want the facilitator to really have time rather than having to run around and worry about, oh, where can I get a chef from or a caterer from? Has Deb got stuff in the studio? Can I do this? Yes, it's all there and I can help them put all that together. Which is really interesting because as someone who runs a lot of events, it's hard to find that level of care, I think, sometimes. And People notice the small things. People notice how easy or hard things are. And even for our Thriving Women dinners, we make a lot of decisions before we even get there so that people don't have to make any more decisions because, you know, that's a nightmare. How big is the summer house? How many people does it hold? Yeah, um, I'm I'm all about intimate healing. <laughs> so the house itself is four bedrooms. It can cater for – so we can split beds so it can cater for a maximum of eight people on site. And then we do have an off-site venue that we use, which is um, called our Buddha House Retreat, which is two kilometres away. And mainly our facilitators will stay off-site and maybe a chef if they're coming from Melbourne. It depends on which chef they're going to choose. Sometimes they'll bring their own chef and sometimes they'll bring their own facilitators and they'll all stay off-site. So that's that option. And by the end of this year, I'm building a barn on at my home, which is only a kilometre away. And some of the facilitators who have been working with me for many, many years um, will be staying at my home in a self-contained area, which has been built purposely for that them to stay. There's three bedrooms there, bathrooms, kitchenette. So it gives them another option. Some of the first-time facilitators will, will be happy with just staying on site and just selling the six, uh, six beds because that's their first time and they want to be with, they want to be nurturing their clientele and others you know, are very happy to be offside because they need time to, you know, when you're holding space for this, for a long period of time, you need some time out as well. And I think we start to understand that that we've got to look after, we're holding space and we're running a retreat, but we also have to look after ourselves as well. So it's a little time out for them to just breathe, maybe do a little yoga themselves, a little meditation themselves, you know, in an offsite space. Um, And then they can read through notes for the next day's session, you know, all those things. So we want to offer those to our um, hosts as well. No, I think that's, I think that's very thoughtful. You know, it's really caring. When I did the mid-year retreat, so I stayed two nights, but the retreat was two nights and one night. And I can tell you, I got home on the Friday, literally couldn't speak for the weekend because you do hold that space and you need to know, you need to manage your energy in that as well. Absolutely. And this is why um, I love what I do because clearly I've had uh, adrenal fatigue <laughs> in my life and and due to, you know, the accident, it changed my nervous system. So I do suffer with some anxiety in that as well. And so for me, I understand all of those pressures that we put on ourselves and, and how, you know, it's led me to this path of way of saying, actually, I really want to nurture the facilitator because I want them to have an ongoing business if this is what they, their dream is, but they need to look after themselves as well. So everyone, everyone forgets that bit. Yeah, sometimes we forget that bit. And my job is to look after them and make sure that they're nurturing themselves so that they don't go home and have 
fatigue and, you know, they're feeling fatigued and they're going, oh, that's not for me, it's too hard. But if um, I think if we can um, let them understand, and let, I, you know, I speak to the, about this a lot when I'm mentoring, is that we need to make sure that we are looking after ourselves as well. Because if we don't fill our own cup, we can't fill others. You know, it's that old saying, isn't it? Absolutely. So. And I love how much you support women. So thank you for just supporting women and you are a beautiful person inside and out. I'm so glad that our paths crossed. So glad. Oh, me too. And Emma. I think sometimes <laughs> we meet people for particular reasons. And um, I think a lot of the time that's the case. And I'm thrilled to have met you. And, I mean, it sounds amazing. And if anyone's out there listening and wants to host a retreat, I think you may have found the hostess with the mostess in Deb Fowler. <laughs> oh, thank you, Emma. It was such a thrill to speak to you. Um, and I'm, I hope that others will understand, you know, what I give and what I can um, help them with. And that's the most important thing. Thanks for listening to Tea with the Queen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to get the word out. For more about me, please visit emmamcqueen.com.au and I look forward to your company next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for coming. <laughs> 